0: Hello, welcome to the Self-Learning Podcast by Dr. Sushma Singh. Let us start discussion on Chapter 5, Patterns of Social Inequality and Exclusion. And our topic is, Caste and Tribe, Systems Justifying and Perpetuating Inequality. And subtopic is, the caste system as a discriminatory system. The caste system is a distinct Indian social institution that legitimizes and enforces practices of discrimination against people born into particular caste. These practices of discrimination are humiliating, exclusionary, and exploitative. Historically, the caste system classified people by their occupation and status every caste was associated with an occupation which meant that persons born into a particular caste were also born into the occupation associated with their caste they had no choice moreover and perhaps more importantly Each caste also had a specific place in the hierarchy of social status. So that roughly speaking, not only were occupational categories ranked by social status, but there could be a further ranking within each broad occupational category. In strict scriptural terms. Social and economic status were supposed to be sharply separated. For example, the ritually highest caste, the Brahmins, were also supposed to amass wealth and were subordinated to the secular power of kings and rulers belonging to the Kshatriya caste. On the other and despite having the highest secular status and power, the king was subordinated to the Brahmins in the ritual religious sphere. However, in actual historical practice, economic and social status tended to coincide. There was thus a fairly close correlation between social status and economic status. The high caste were almost invariably of a high economic status while the low caste were almost always of low economic status. In modern times and particularly since the 19th century, the link between the caste and occupation has become much less rigid. Ritual religious prohibitions on occupational change are not easily imposed today. And it is easier than before to change one's occupation. Moreover, compared to a hundred or fifty years ago, the correlation between the caste and economic status is also weaker. Rich and poor people are to be found in every caste. But, and this is the key point, the caste class correlation is still remarkably stable at the macro level. As the system has become less rigid, the distinctions between the caste of broadly similar social and economic status have weakened. Yet between different socio-economic groupings the distinctions continue to be maintained. Although things have certainly changed, they have not changed much at the macro level. It is still true that the privileged and the high economic status section of society tend to be overwhelmingly upper caste while the disadvantaged, and the low economic status sections are dominated by the so-called lower-caste. Moreover, the proportion of population that lives in poverty or affluence differs greatly across the caste groups. In short, even though there have been major changes brought about by social movements over more than a century, and despite changed modes of production as well as concerted attempts by the state to suppress its public role in independent India, caste continues to affect the life chances of India in the 21st century. Now let us move to the next point, untouchability. Untouchability is an extreme and particularly vicious aspect of the caste system that prescribes stringent social sanctions against members of castes located at the bottom of the purity pollution scale. Strictly speaking, the untouchable castes are outside the caste hierarchy, they are considered to be so impure that their mere touch severely pollutes members of all other castes, bringing terrible punishment for the former and forcing the latter to perform elaborate purification rituals. In fact, notions of distance pollution existed in many regions of India particularly in the South, such that even the mere presence or the shadow of an untouchable person is considered polluting, despite the limited literal meaning of the word. The institution of untouchability refers not just to the avoidance or prohibition of physical contact but to a much broader set of social sanctions. It is important to emphasize that three main dimensions of untouchability namely exclusion, humiliation, subordination and exploitation are all equally important in defining the phenomena. Although other touchable Low caste are also subjected to subordination and exploitation to some degree. They do not suffer the extreme forms of exclusion reserved for untouchables. Dalit experience forms of exclusion that are unique and not practiced against other groups. For instance, being prohibited from sharing drinking water sources or participating in collective religious worship, social ceremonies and festivals. At the same time, untouchability may also involve forced inclusion in a subordinated role, such as being compelled to play the drums at the religious events, the performance of publicly visible acts of self. Humiliation and subordination is an important part of the practice of untouchability. Common instances include the imposition of gestures of deference, such as taking off headgear, carrying footwear in the hand, standing with bowed head, not wearing clean or bright clothes, and so on as well as routinized abuse and humiliation. Moreover, untouchability is almost always associated with economic exploitation of various kinds, most commonly through the imposition of forced unpaid or underpaid labour or the confiscation of property. Finally, untouchability is a pan-Indian phenomena, although its specific forms and intensity vary considerably across region and socio-historical context. The so-called untouchables have been referred to collectively by many names over the centuries. Whatever the specific etymology of these names, they are all derogatory and carry a strongly pejorative charge. In fact, many of them continue to be used as forms of abuse even today, although their use is now a criminal offense. Mahatma Gandhi has popularized the term Harijan literally children of God in the 1930s to counter the pejorative charge carried by caste names. However, the ex-untouchable communities and their leaders have coined another term Dalit, what is now the generally accepted terms for referring to these groups. In Indian languages, the term Dalit literally means downtrodden and conveys the sense of an oppressed people, though it was neither coined by Dr. Ambedkar nor frequently used by him. The term certainly resonates with his philosophy and the movement for empowerment that he led. It received wide currency during the caste riots in Mumbai in the early 1970s. The Dalit Panthers a radical group that emerged in Western India during that time used the term to assert their identity as a part of their struggle for rights and dignity. Now, let us wind up the session and thank you very much for encasing yourself with the self-learning podcast.